Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week wraps up our four-week teaching series, Together. Together we are stronger. Together we impact. Together we are simply better. Join Valley Point Church as together we seek to be the faith community that God is calling us to be. A generous, life-changing community. Welcome to Valley Point Church, and happy Palm Sunday. Really thankful that you're here. And there are two religious days or events or holidays that are a pretty big deal on the calendar. There's Christmas, which is all about the birth of Jesus. And then there is Easter, which is all about the resurrection of Jesus. And they're very, very important days, big days, big holidays. But I think you can throw Palm Sunday into that conversation as well, because it's the week before Easter And it begins Holy Week, which is about remembering the activities that led to Jesus' death. Palm Sunday was originally celebrated for the first time in the Jerusalem church in about the 4th century. And what they would do is they would get together and they would pray and they would sing hymns. And the clergy would come in and they would recite messages. And then they would go out and walk around the city to the different holy sites and say, this is where it happened, and this is what went on right here, and we remember the passion of Jesus. Eventually, Palm Sunday spread to the Western Church in about the 8th century, and they actually called it Dominica in Palmas, which is Latin for Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday is just an occasion to remember all that Jesus has done for us. It's really an opportunity to just quiet our hearts and reflect on the amazing sacrifice of Jesus and all that he did for us to make it possible for us to have this forever friendship with him. And so it's this wonderful occasion just to reflect on the week leading up to Jesus' death. So I want to help us with that, and there are some tools in your program. So if you can pull that out. I'd encourage you to open it up, and there's a sheet in your program that actually lists some different scripture readings throughout the week. And I just want to challenge every single person in here to take some time throughout the week and kind of read through these different events that describe what happened to Jesus that led to his death. There's also some online reading programs in there as well. Whatever you choose to do, just do something, because I think that will help prepare your heart for this week. And so you can take that and just be sure you're doing some scripture reading to prepare. Secondly, I want to extend an invite to everybody in here to join me this Friday for our Good Friday experience, which is going to take place right here in this room starting at 6.15. We're going to have stations of the cross in the lobby that will eventually guide everyone into this room where we will serve communion and then just have this time of reflection And again, I'd encourage everybody to come to this because it will just help set the tone for your weekend and provide that great heart focus in thinking about what Jesus has done for us. So that is this Friday right here in this room. And then one week from today, it's actually Easter. And we're going to gather at 9.15 and 11 a.m., our normal times. You pick whatever works best for you. We're going to be in this room and we're going to be celebrating the fact that Jesus is alive. He died, he paid the price for our sins, 
but death couldn't keep him down. He got up and he lives, and we're going to celebrate that. I've been working with our programming team, and we've got a great lineup this next Sunday. I think it'll be something that you will not want to miss, and I'd encourage you to bring somebody with you because it will be a memorable day. One of the things I'm going to be doing is teaching from the perspective of some of the followers of Jesus, some of his close friends who doubted that he was going to come back to life, which is very interesting because if anybody thought that Jesus was going to come back to life, it should have been his close friends because they heard him say, I'm going to die, but then I'm going to come back to life. But yet they had all of these doubts and they were not expecting the surprise and delight that they experienced on Easter Sunday morning. So I'm going to teach kind of from their perspectives and the different things that happened to them along the way and then how much fun they had on that Sunday morning with Jesus right there. So that's what's coming this week. And again, I'd encourage you to take advantage of these tools. Get into a scripture reading program throughout this week. It'll help prepare your heart. Come on out on Friday as we reflect on everything that Jesus has done And then one week from today, we'll be right here thinking about how Jesus is alive. So, happy Palm Sunday. Really glad that you're here. We've been walking through a series called Together. And here's what we've discovered so far. We have said together, we remember. We took some time to just think about the sacrifice of Jesus, and we served communion on that day. And then we said together, we celebrate. And we just had a wonderful day thinking about how God is choosing to use us, Valley Point Church. That was a wonderful Sunday. Last week, we said, together we impact. And Gus taught last week, and I want to thank him for the wonderful job that he did. I also want to thank you for praying for Tanya and me. We were gone last weekend. Tanya had a wonderful opportunity to speak at a conference in Illinois. And so I got to go with her and do absolutely nothing. It was marvelous. Actually, I was her bodyguard. I think they saw some of my boxing moves from a couple of weeks ago, so I was there. But we're going to wrap up our Together series today. So together we remember, together we celebrate, together we impact. And today we're going to talk about something that I think is going to be close to everybody's heart in here and something that's just going to be a lot of fun. And that is together, together we extend compassion. That's actually our big idea. Together, we extend compassion. So here's what I want to do. I want to define that word, compassion, so that we all have an idea of what we're talking about and what it means as we move through our conversation. So we're going to describe it and we're going to define it. And then after that, I'm going to walk through a paragraph in Scripture that shows compassion in action. And it's Jesus, and he's interacting with a few different people, and it's just a wonderful story about how Jesus recognizes that people were being very compassionate. And so he rewards that, and he points that out. And then I'll share some thinking points, and I've got some stories to share with you of people right here in our church who are acting in a compassionate way. And then we'll end with one takeaway today that hopefully will just inspire all of us to walk out of here and do the kinds of things that Jesus would do, like compassionate work. All right, so here's the definition of the word compassion. It means to suffer together, to give kindness, 
And if we're truly being compassionate with the people that are around us, and maybe even the people that we don't know, we are suffering together with them. We are showing kindness. And so we're going to say today, together, let's extend compassion. Together, let's suffer together with the people that are around us. Now, what's very interesting about this is that Jesus was a very compassionate individual, and I don't know too many people who are going to argue with that, but we actually see this very word used in a couple of different verses. So just to listen to this, Matthew 9, 36, when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 20, 34, Jesus felt sorry for them. And that root word there for sorry is the word compassion. So Jesus felt compassion. Jesus had compassion for them and touched their eyes. Instantly they could see, and then they followed him. Mark 1.41, moved with, say it church, compassion. Jesus reached out and touched him. This word compassion that's used three different times here comes from the Greek word splunk needs so my. It's a great word, isn't it? Splunk needs so my. It means to suffer together. That's the word compassion. So let's say that word together. You ready? Here we go. Splunk needs so my. Again, splunk needs so my. Now, some of you aren't doing it. Here's your last chance. Here we go. Splunk needs so my. It means to suffer together, to extend compassion, to offer kindness. And so when we think about compassion, splunk needs so my. Suffering together. That's what the word means, and that's how we're going to define it today. All right, let's think about our story. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 5. You can also scan that QR code in your program and bring up the notes and the scripture on your smart device as well. Or you can follow along on the screen because this is a great story where Jesus is recognizing some very compassionate people. I'm going to begin reading with verse 17. It says, One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. Now let's pause there for a second, because these some men, I think, are amazing individuals. They're not talked about anywhere else in Scripture outside of Luke chapter 5. We don't even know how many some men there were. It's at least two, and probably even more than that. But what we discover as we move through this story is that they definitely had a huge dose of splunk needs so my. They had compassion, and it was coming out of them. And they had this individual that was probably a friend who had an issue. He was paralyzed. He couldn't walk, and Jesus was in town. And these some men knew that Jesus might be able to do something for our friend. 
Like, if anybody can heal him, if anybody can make him walk, it's this Jesus individual. And so we're going to do what we can to get our friend to Jesus. A lot of compassion here. Back to verse 19. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, kind of a recondite statement here, just a really unique thought. It says here, when Jesus saw their faith, when he saw the faith of some men, he doesn't talk about the faith of the guy on the mat who was paralyzed. Jesus immediately picks up on their faith and their compassion. And when Jesus saw that, he said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. Now what happens in verses 21 through 24 is that the religious leaders who were in the room all of a sudden said, whoa, like hang on here. Stop everything, Jesus. Let's pause a little bit. Slow down the train because you can't say that. You can't look at somebody and say, hey, your sins are forgiven. Only God can do that. So Jesus, just stop everything here. You can't do that. And Jesus said, whatever, I just did. And then he picks up on in verse 25. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. And everyone, and everyone is everyone, everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Incredible story in Luke chapter 5, where again we see a lot of splunk needs of mine, a lot of suffering together, and I think there are three different thinking points that kind of fall out of the story, and I want you to consider these as you think about what we've just read. So here's thinking point number one, and that is compassionate people can accomplish much. They just can, and it doesn't always make sense. And it can't even always be described, but compassionate people can accomplish much. So yesterday, I had the chance to be with 94 individuals from Valley Point Church and other extended friends. And we were at Melmark, which is just an amazing organization that serves families who have children with special needs. And so we went to their campus, and we threw an egg hunt for them, and then we had music and dancing and food, and it was just an incredible day. And I had so much fun just kind of stepping back and watching the church, watching Valley Point Church extend compassion and suffer together with other people and just give away kindness. And I know the 94 people that were involved yesterday walked away from that event with a smile on their face and a little bounce in their step, and that is because compassionate people can accomplish much. And when we really begin to extend kindness to other people, and we do that in simple and practical ways, when that kind of becomes our heart's desire and what we see and what we look for, boy, compassionate people can accomplish much, and we see that in this story. I mean, they got a guy into Jesus, and they couldn't even get in the front door, but they were creative, and it worked. And compassionate, kind people, they can just accomplish a lot. Secondly, 
Jesus notices acts of compassion. Jesus sees it. And he knows it. Again, we don't know a lot about these some men because they're not talked about anymore. But I honestly believe that when these some men kind of stepped back and after everything had happened, they probably had a huge amount of joy in their heart. And they probably looked at each other and said, you're crazy. And we just cut a hole in somebody's roof. and It's not even our property. But we got our friend down there and you're crazy. No, I, I think you're crazy. No, we're crazy because of what we're doing here. And in their craziness, in their act of compassion, Jesus saw it, Jesus noticed it, and he drew attention to what they were able to accomplish. And I think they had a story to share for the rest of their lives. Jesus notices acts of compassion. Thought number three. Compassion actually causes others to praise God. And when we get into that lane, and when we're extending kindness, and when we're suffering together with other people, well, it causes others to praise God. And that's what we find in verse 26. It says, Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. See, compassionate acts direct attention to the right place. And God wants that glory and he deserves it. And when we begin to suffer together with other people and we give away kindness, it gives attention to God. And everybody in this house, everybody that was in that experience, they just knew it. Compassionate acts, they direct attention to God. I want to take some time now and just kind of share with you some stories of how your compassion is having an impact. Because I think here's what happens. We kind of read stories in Luke chapter 5, and it's crazy and it's bizarre, and we begin to think, well, that's not me. I mean, I would never do that. I don't think that way. I'm just not going to do that. That's a really incredible story, and that's wonderful and great, but that's not me. So I want to get really simple and very practical and just talk about how you, yes, you, all of us, me, we can extend compassion. And that's actually been happening here, and many of you have had a hand in that. So does anybody remember our Christmas offering? All right, a few people, that's great. Our Christmas offering was just a marvelous time where we had the chance in a practical way to suffer together with other people and extend compassion. And I want to give you some updates about how our compassion is in action. Talk with a few individuals who are part of Valley Point Church and they're connected to some different ministries and we've been able to partner with them to extend compassion. And at first they were like, you know, I'm not so sure about sharing. But I said, look, you will share your compassionate story. And that's my compassion coming out. So I want you to just watch the story on video first of a little village in the Dominican Republic and how we've been able to partner with them and had a whole bunch of people from here spend time in that village and we'll be able to see compassion in action. So check this out. 
Hi, we're Paul and Una Brewer, and we would like to share some information with you about Teal Ministries, which stands for To Empower a Life. Teal Ministries is a ministry we recently started down in a Haitian village, Villa Ascension, which is a village in the Dominican Republic. We're really excited to be able to partner with Valley Point Church on some projects there. The main focus of Teal is to empower the people who live in Villa Ascension. The way we want to do this is to teach them English, to teach them a trade or a skill so they can get jobs, and to also speak the truth into their lives through our words and our actions and by tithing into the local churches. Currently, there is a computer-based English school which has over 100 students, and it's thriving, and we're very excited to see the students progress in their English. Every time we go down there, they're speaking more and more conversational English, and that's a very exciting project for us. Most recently, we've started a sewing ministry for the women in the village, which has been very, very exciting. They have six sewing machines in the village, and the women take turns, and they come, and they learn to sew, and they chit-chat, and they laugh, and they're really feeling like they have a purpose in their lives, and they produce little purses, little dresses, and things that they can sell in the resorts to earn money, and also things that they can make and bring home, clothe their children. So it's been a really fun and empowering ministry. Teal was very fortunate to receive uh, a very generous donation from Valley Point Church, and the funds that were donated to Teal have been used to finish a community center. There is a community center that's been there for a couple of years, but it needed a lot of additional work, and the, the funds that were used from the donation went to finalize a lot of the rooms inside that community center and put in new flooring, finish the plumbing, and just give the, the people there in Villa Ascension a, a focal point to have as a community center to come to. They have various community events. Uh, there's a, a medical clinic that's also held there once a week, and they sometimes even uh, have movie nights so that the, the local people that live in the village can come and watch a movie. Five years ago when I first went to the village, I dreamt of a playground in that village. And every time I came back, I kept saying, if only we had a playground, if only we had a playground. And then this February, to see my church, which I love, come to a village that I love and build a massive playground was a dream come true. Um, and to see the smiles on the faces of the little children and the old people and everybody in between as that beautiful structure came up was incredible. And again, a place that I've loved for five years to see a church that I love now join me in that mutual love has just been amazing. And I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen in the future. I would encourage people if they're feeling the sense to go on a mission trip or to pursue any kind of, of, of compassionate work, to just follow the promptings of God, listen to his spirit, and uh, just reach out in love because it, the compassion trips can happen internationally, but they can also be done uh, locally here through love days or just even in your own uh, work environment or home environment, that uh, compassion is something that we can all uh, get involved in on a daily basis. Being compassionate is something that God wants all of us to do, and it's also inherent in us. We, we all have the ability to love. We just have to overcome society's constraints on that and just, just love. It's really not that hard. And the most beautiful thing about it is when you do love, 
you get love back in e enormous amounts. It's just great to see our compassion having a real and lasting difference in that village. Marvelous thing, and you've had a part of that. So thank you for what you're doing to suffer together with others. Liz Miles is joining me now, and Liz is um, a part of our church here and thankful that you're here. And she also works with an organization called Pathways, which serves young girls in the city of Philadelphia. And we've had the chance to establish a partnership with Pathways and want to credit Liz for helping to make that possible. And so, again, grateful that you're here. Tell us a little bit about Pathways. Sure. Um, so Pathways PA actually started initially as a shelter for abused women and children uh, right around the corner in media. And that started in the late 1970s and since then has grown and expanded into um, a quite large social service agency um, that provides self-sufficiency programming to help people, uh, you know, get their GEDs, get their taxes done, um, you know, programs, that, job training like phlebotomy. Uh, to really get them back on their feet and, and on their own uh, in an empowering way. We, but we also expanded our shelter programming and, so, and housing programming. So one of those programs happens to be mine, and that is the Basic Center Program, or BCP, as like we, we like to call it. And that provides emergency shelter for runaway and homeless teen girls, um, so anyone 13 until their 18th birthday, uh, and we're located in West Philadelphia. Those girls uh, could be homeless for a variety of reasons, they could be homeless because they're running away from abuse or drug addiction in their home and their families. They could be kicked out for a number of reasons. Or it could be that they're a victim of commercial sexual exploitation um, or more commonly referred to as domestic sex trafficking. The president of Pathways uh -huh. is actually here in this service as well and glad that she's here. And again, just so grateful for what's happening. And I know we've talked about yeah. this. There are, there are some challenges uh -huh with this work. So talk about what you find really most challenging. Absolutely. So to be completely honest and candid, it's a lack of resources. Um, you know, for so long, society has labeled these girls as bad kids uh, or criminals or prostitutes and not really seen them for what they are, which is children. They're children who have had a horrific experience, um, traumatic experience growing up filled with sexual abuse and physical abuse. And you know they've never known a true loving family or a true loving relationship, and so the effects of that abuse continue to ha to bubble up. And um, you know those experiences were no in no way, shape, or form their fault. And yet we, as a society, continue to label them negatively and not help them uh, because of the effects the abuse has had on their life. You're very passionate about your work and that's one of the things I really appreciate about you and I know there are days where you really sense I was created for this and so what's rewarding about Absolutely. your work? Um, you know I never dreamed that I would be doing this job but even five three years ago I would have laughed at you if you told me I was doing direct service uh, in the anti-trafficking field um, but I love it it's a God thing that I'm here um, doing what I do and you know the, this is a phrase that's often said about international mission work but I think it's really applicable to my work too and it's that 
the clients bless me more than I could ever bless them. Um, you know, those girls are truly resilient for all the things, all the horrible things they go through in life. You know, they come in and they still, it, it can take some time, but they learn to trust us. They develop relationships with staff um, and learn how to have a healthy uh, relationship um, with a fr and friendship. And then, you know, they go on to get their GEDs. They go on to get reinstated in school and get their diplomas, to go on to college even. Um, be successful in transitional living programs, reunify with family, and bring those healthy skills into their family that was so unhealthy to begin with. Get jobs and maintain those jobs. Mm. Those are huge things for anyone, let alone someone with that kind of trauma. You know, those girls are truly the living embodiment of hope and redemption. And it is such an honor for me that every day I get to go into work and be a witness to God's love for us. Mm. So you received a gift from Valley Point mm -hmm. back at Christmas time. Can you just update us on sure. what that has been used for in your place? Absolutely. Um, that gift blew our minds. Um, absolutely. The fact that not only met, you know we didn't know what to expect. Certainly not eighteen thousand. Um, you know, mm -hmm. and so because of that enormous generosity out of this church we were able to do something really special. Um, this population is very different than adult homelessness. When you're a youth, you still have friends in school, you still have network, networks and different people in your life, an aunt, and uncle, extended family, whose couch they may let you sleep on. And so they'll start what we call couch surfing for a long period of time. That doesn't make them any less homeless, um, but it does make them less likely to seek help from a quote-unquote shelter because in their heads they may not think themselves homeless, um, and there's also a stigma around it. And so we wanted to help those particular girls that had needs that weren't being met. And so because of the generosity, we were able to redesign our site, um, and so that now the site includes a teen lounge uh, that is a beautiful space for them to come in, get case management service, attend life group skills, um, do homework, and just be in a safe, positive environment um, where they can rest and relax for a little bit. So I think one of the big challenges that we face on a daily basis is it, compassion. It just kind of slips your mind because we're busy. There's stuff to do and families and school and all of these different assignments that we walk through. So what would you say to the person who's thinking, I'd like to be more Compassionate. Okay. How would you challenge us? Um, so uh, I'm going to go a little off script. Uh, so <laughs> this is a warning. <laughs> um, I wrote this actually and, and kind of outlined what I wanted to say before I knew um, the President Pathways Brenda was going to be here. Um, but there are two verses that really have driven my life, and. Um, not coincidentally enough, definitely a God thing, it has driven hers as well. And that, the first one is Jeremiah 29, 11. And that is ultimately about the good God wants to do through us, uh, in us. Um, and the second one, however, is Isaiah 1, 17. And that verse uh, really talks about the good God wants us as Christians to do in the world and for me to do as a Christian. So I want to take a moment and pause and read Isaiah 1, 17 to everyone. It reads, learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, fight for the rights of widows. It's, it's 
a lot of commandments. Uh, that's some big, hefty stuff to do uh, and can be really scary and overwhelming to just say, like, sure, I'll go do that on my lunch break. Um, but ultimately, he's not asking us to save the world. He already did that when he sent his son down for us. And so what he is asking us to do in that verse is to open up our hearts and ask him to break our hearts for what breaks his. And when we do that, that compassion is going to come into our broken heart. That is what's going to fill it. That's what's going to mend it. And all of a sudden, he's going to show up in big ways, and you're going to be doing things you never thought possible. I know that's certainly true of myself. Um, you know, it's important to ask him because at the end of the day, it's the only reason that we can love compassionately or act good or um, do any of those things for in the name of justice is because he did them first. He loved us compassionately enough first to give his only son. Um, and so once we do that and accept those truths, then he'll come through and bring his compassion to you. It's a great challenge. And it's a wonderful verse. It reminds me of another verse in James that talks about how pure religion, mm -hmm. and it's the only time religion is used yeah. in all of scripture, yeah. is keeping yourself free from the world and taking care of orphans and widows. So uh, that's all compassionate yep. work. And you're doing a great job with this. And I want to thank you for helping us find a place close to home mm -hmm. that's just doing a great job of serving others and suffering together. So will you help me thank Liz? Thank well, we have just one takeaway today, and that is act with compassion. That's our challenge as we walk out of here in just a bit. So it's been defined for us, suffering together, it's kindness, and just giving that away. And we've looked at a tremendous story in Scripture about how Jesus saw that in others. And we've heard some very practical stories of people right here who are doing that. And so our takeaway, what we want to leave here thinking about is, let's just act with compassion. Let's embrace that. Let's do that. Let's take that on. And in doing that, I believe we're acting the way Jesus would want us to act. So act with compassion. Now, I'm going to give you some practical ways that you can begin thinking about that. And we have some events that are coming right here to Valley Point. Because you might be wondering, well, I, you know, that's not me. I can't do that. And I'm not going to jump up on a roof and lower people down either. So that's not me. So what are some of the things that I can do? So let me share just a couple of thoughts and some practical ways that you can act with compassion. We've got two compassion trips that are coming soon. One will be in October of this year, and the next one will be in February of 2015. We're going to Villa Ascension, and you've seen that in the video there. We're going back to the Dominican Republic, and we're going to continue to do compassionate work in that amazing village there. And I would just encourage you to begin thinking about maybe God wants you to do something like that. You can give up four, five, six, seven days of your life and go and be changed forever. And if God's kind of tugging at your heart, like, hey, I should do that. I should think about that. I want you to act on that today. And here's how you can do that. You can walk straight out and go to the Just For You table and you can sign up for one of those trips. You can do that today. Now, signing up doesn't mean you have to go. It simply puts you on that sheet and we'll get information to you that will then help you assimilate everything that's got to happen and everything that you got to do to go on one of those trips. But if God's kind of tugging at your heart, like, I should do that, or I would love to do that, 
then walk out today and just sign up for one of those trips at the Just For You table. There's a couple of other things that are happening on more of a local level. And on Sunday, May 25th, we're going to actually pack 10,000 lunches between our two gatherings to feed needy children around the world. And we're going to have a sign-up for that soon. Pay attention. Listen to that. We're going to get 100-plus people to go down to the cafeteria in between those two gathering times. And we're just going to have a wonderful time of packing lunches for kids who really need it. And we've got an organization coming in that's going to streamline everything. So it's going to be simple and coordinated. And it'll be a wonderful day for us to suffer together. Splunk needs Omai right here in the cafeteria. And if that doesn't work for you, we've got another event coming in May. And you just watch for the announcements because they'll be coming soon where we feed the staff right here at the Garnet Valley Middle School. And we do that as a way to appreciate the staff right here and to thank them for the mess that we create for them each Sunday and also to just express appreciation for what they do in our community. And we need people to sign up to serve on that day and we want to serve with a smile and say thank you and we prepare everything for them and it's just a wonderful time in their Uh, in their particular room that they eat lunch in. And we also need people to prepare food. And So even if you can't come on that day, you might be able to bring some items because we want to just give them a great meal. So you pay attention to that. That's going to be coming soon. And it's just another way that we can be compassionate. I want you to think about this. Even if none of that stuff works for you, in just a second, we're going to walk out of here. And you're going to go back home. Tomorrow you're going to go back to work. Or you're going to go to school. And all around you will be people who need to be lowered in front of Jesus. And they need your compassion. And you're in that workplace. You're in your home. And you're in your school, students. Because this isn't just for adults. It's for all of us. It's for the church. You're right where you have been placed so that you can splunk needs, oh my. Extend compassion and suffer together with the people around you. So often we think we got to go way over there, wherever there is. But often there are people right next to us in our home, in our workspace, in our school space that need that kind of compassion too. They need Jesus and you're there. So suffer together. Let's act with compassion. Father, we are so thankful for our time today and for this wonderful story in Luke chapter 5 about how some men, God, we don't even know how many, but there was a group of individuals who had a friend and he needed Jesus. And Jesus was in town and so they sprung into action on his behalf and they did compassionate work. It's really an amazing thing. God, I believe you're calling each and every one of us to compassionate kinds of work. God, some of us are going to have the opportunity to go away into other countries and do that. Some of us get the chance to work in shelters with those who have specific needs. God, others of us might not have those kinds of opportunities, but yet at work, at home, at school, we can still extend compassion to those who need it. God, we can generously give of our money and even our time to bless others. 
God, you're using this church and you're using this community of believers right here to extend compassion in so many ways in Villa Ascension and at Pathways and at the Delaware County Pregnancy Center and at Urban Promise and at the Sunday Breakfast Mission and right here in this community and everywhere in the Delaware Valley that you take us. God, you are using us and we are humbled and we're thankful for that. God, would you continue to use us? And would you continue as Liz challenged us with from your word to allow our hearts to be broken for what breaks your heart? God, if we get there, if we live there, if we stay there, we're going to be so pleasing to you. So God, help us to love justice, to love mercy, and to humbly walk with you. And may we practice true religion. It's not a bunch of words or songs or benedictions or rituals. God, pure religion is compassionate work. It's suffering together. And so, God, as we move through this holy week where we think about Jesus' death and all that he walked through, just prepare our hearts with what he did for the compassion work you have in front of us. God, thank you for what you're doing in and through us. As we respond to you now, as we worship you, help our hearts to be filled with joy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.